Hello, everybody. You're probably thinking, hmm, Travis sounds different today. And yes, I'm currently getting over a slight cold from last week, and I'm actually not Travis. My name is Finner, and I'm currently interning with the amazing team here at Fool and Scholar Productions. And I'm here today to tell you about the last city. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. A geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors like Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Torado, and Maury Sterling. You can follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. A big thanks to Wondery for supporting shows like The White Vault. And now, on with the scheduled programming. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. The following documents and recordings are the second instalment in a compilation detailing the events the repair team sent to Outpost Freestead, consisting of Dr. Rosa Della Torre, Walter Heath, Graham Kasner, Dr. Karina Schumacher-Weiss, and Jonas Thorninson. In the winter months, gale storms in Svalbard can reach wind speeds of 130 km per hour. Accompanied by or following snowfall, such storms can reduce visibility dramatically more so in the frigid months of the polar night. During these storms, travel is not advised. The White Vault previous instalment, the assessment and repair team were confined to the outpost bunker for several days, waiting out a storm. During this time, several recordings and documents were found, though not all contained timestamps. Here is the believed order of the records found. Uh, it's, it's recording. Go ahead. Well, uh, what do you want me to say? Um, talk a little bit regarding what we've been up to these last few days. We haven't been up to much. Your turn, Rosa. Uh, be back in a moment. They're playing rummy. Why? Because we've been stuck in this bunker for three days now. 
visibly outside is shit, and the winds would push me off the roof in one blustering swoop if I tried to repair the transmitter. Consequently, rummy. I am back. Sorry. So, just what we have been doing? Yes. Well, we played every card game I know. Jonas has told us about Icelandic folk tales he tells his daughters, Karina Torres' German slang and vulgarity between her time spent looking over the research data. Our savior, Walter, brought a laptop with a few movies on it. Shaun of the Dead, The Village, Lord of the Rings. Uh, the Return of the King, to be specific. And Batman, which Graham had not seen. Graham? Kastner. Oh, I hadn't even thought he'd had a first name. Yeah, like Enya or Bono. I heard that. Rosa, you're next. Yes. Can I call you Graham? No. Well, all right then. While we've been locked up in this concrete can, I've switched priorities. I took some time to look into the function that had been programmed into the receiver transmitter here. Uh, whatever it was was coded the same time as the rest of the program, and I, I can't easily get rid of it. I'm not sure I can get rid of it. It's some kind of subroutine built into the station. It appears to be programmed to send out that odd signal that Siju Group received. Jonas seems rather peeved about the whole incident. Yes. Someone cost Seeger Group much money for this expedition. It will not put me in a good light. <clears throat> Regardless, I can't find the whole code, odd as that sounds. I can't tell when the signal will go out again. I recommended to Jonas that uh, Seeger contact whomever was responsible for the original programming for their outposts. That would seem the most likely culprit. May I have the computer soon? I would like to examine some additional readings. Eh, not a problem. Anyone want to watch a movie? The following is a document found on the notepad near the bed of Mr. Thorninson. His handwriting is clear and slightly cursive, though he presses down hard with the pen. I miss my daughters. We have been sitting in Outpost Freestead waiting out the storm. It is warm and we have food, but I'm disheartened. I know there is a music festival sometime soon in Reykjavik and I wanted to take the twins to hear the music and see the lights. But I am afraid I have already missed it. Hilda was right, obviously. She always is. This expedition will impress Miss Rosa, and I understand that, but this is so unusual. Once I get home, everything should be fine. Her mother can't continue to justify her opinions of me under false pretenses. And I'll take the girls out for pastries. This document was written by Dr. Della Torre on the notepad found within her small nightstand. This page was still intact, but flipped over the back of the pad. La privacidad puede ser difícil de encontrar. Si es que la encuentras, esto no es un secreto. Y como contratistas, Jonas no has avisado. Privacy can be hard to find, if not impossible. It is not a secret, and as contractors, we have not been notified by Jonas that it will affect our future hiring potential. I'm not worried, and Graham doesn't seem worried either. He's a rather confident man. Karina is more than happy to accommodate my requests to have the room to ourselves. She spends much of her time pondering over these geological reports anyway. That is something she can do from the common room. Graham is enjoyable. He's self-assured, if not overly so, but he is a nice, if not curt, conversationalist when he decides to speak up, and he has a sharp wit about him, though he chooses not to use it. I think he fears being too coarse. 
he seems to like working in Svalbard, and I think it suits him. Like me, he has been out here for several expeditions. He has some tourist horror stories I wish he'd share with the others, but that is for him to decide. But the one with the ice dress, oh, that is too good to leave untold. Dr. Schumacher Weiss wrote several scrolling notes across mostly empty pages of the geological data printouts. Several pages of the data were never found, and some of the words had been scratched out. I believe I've placed them in the correct order, though I think little remains of the majority of her original writings. Das macht keinen Sinn. Irgendwas fehlt. Vielleicht... Nein. Doch. Irgendwelche Daten. It makes no sense. Something is missing. Perhaps... No. Certainly. A certain amount of data. I don't know. There's obviously some level of data missing from these data sets. Given the vague and slightly redacted version of the information regarding the material collected by the rovers, I'm slightly bewildered. The rovers are such great tools. Some of the preliminary test results shown within files report its menial margin for inaccuracy. The rovers have a range of approximately 10 kilometers, returning to within a kilometer to send the data pulse transmission back to the outpost. Seizure Group, some other private and governmental organizations, as well as universities, such as the University of Iceland, Uppsala University and Oxford, all have claimed to several active rovers and several different types of collected data. Yet I have never heard of this program before signing on with Seizure Group. Whole sections are missing. Data surrounding 79.176401 latitude, 12.852573 longitude, which is rather near us, and data surrounding the area near 79.141941 latitude, 12.883679 longitude. Not inaccurate, just missing. Otherwise, the data appears evenly spaced, the rovers taking reads every 100 meters or so. Results appear on all sides of the missing data points, so perhaps it is a programming error, or perhaps it too has been redacted. And that doesn't even seem to be the worst of the problems. Following these records, a recording was found from the first day the team exited the bunker outpost Freestead after their arrival, on the personal recording of Mr. Heath. Are you sure you need me out there? When Kasna goes to get the supplies, I'll need an extra set of hands. Bring that torch. Karina, are you coming out? I would like a headcount. <clears throat> no, I have more to do inside. The storm is still underway, regardless. Well, it's less vigorous than it has been for several days, and given the help, I should be able to repair, or at least assess, the transmissions tower. I'm happy to assist. Everyone ready? I'm not opening that door unless we need to. We're ready, Rosa. Wait, wait! Uh, that kit behind you. Uh, pick it up, if you would. This? Yes, thank you. Now? Yes. Let's get this over with. Happy Christmas! It is cold! Yes. 
Anytime soon? Not for many weeks, no. How does it damage look? What? How does it damage look? It was Rosa at the bottom of the ladder. One moment. Wait. That was the only torch. Here you go. Rosa had an extra headlight. Great. Hand me those pliers and the spool of red and white wire. Now, how long do you think it will take? It appears as though Mr. Heath's recorder was intentionally switched off at this point. The next document is an action report from Mr. Kasner, found in a folder in the common room. today for a short period of time despite the storm. We've been waiting out the gale for several days now and this is the lightest it's been since our arrival. I've documented wind speeds periodically these last few days. We've had winds reaching 100 kilometers per hour but today it dropped to approximately 40 kilometers sometime around noon. This was brief, as my most recent reading from 1600 was 91 kilometers per hour. The path we originally traveled to reach outpost Freestead relies on a preliminary visual assessment of some of the glacial ice we will traverse. In these conditions, I can't make an assessment one way or the other. Walter Heath was able to repair the transmission tower. He came back with reddened fingers, but Rosa was happy to have something to worry about. While Mr. Heath, Jonas from Sija Group, and Rosa were working on the transmitter, I transferred ration crates from the auxiliary bunker to the primary outpost. Several of the crates in the auxiliary were alcohol, some empty and awaiting removal. Apparently, we're not the only team who enjoys an evening drink. Under one of the food crate stacks, I found an old hatch. I think it leads to additional storage or possible resources for the outpost. I'll check it out later. 
Karina has attempted to explain her geological findings multiple times, but her main point seems to be a lapse in the data collection. Jonas was upset to hear about this. Regarding our work here, our primary objectives have come to an end smoothly. With the tower repaired and the computer malfunction or virus identified, we should be able to leave once the traveling conditions become viable. The next recording comes from the outpost computer recorder for the following day. So, everything should work now. Yesterday's work should have fixed the problems. Except for the never-ending night. That's more of a general Svalbard occurrence. Additionally, Dr. Schumacher-Weiss was able to find some relevant discrepancies in the recorded geological data. I'm sorry. I can't make better assessments without the full data set. Your findings will certainly be of interest to the research teams, regardless. Are we able to leave now? No. While the weather conditions let up enough to allow some brief work to be completed, there is limited visibility during this storm. Even with the snowmobiles allowing us to move through the storm quickly, there is too much at stake to just drive blindly into the wilderness. We are over 30 kilometers from the nearest form of civilization, with wind, ice, pelting snow, cliff drops, and polars in between. Well... We have a well-stocked pantry, entertainment, and good company. Anyone for cars? No, thank you. What are you thinking? Maybe poker if you play. Where are you going, Graham? Out in the auxiliary bunker, I found a hatch. I plan to take a look. I think it may be some more food or just some equipment, but it may also be some recreational items. Most of these stations usually have board games. Yes, because competitive shoots and ladders is the best solution to snowstorm boredom. I would prefer not to go back out into the cold, so go ahead. Jonas, would it be alright if I tried to hail Nielsen? Uh, I'd like to update them on the status of the tower. Yes, go ahead. They are not accustomed to radio transmissions from this outpost, but they should be informed of our arrival at least. Get your gear on if you're coming out, Rosa. And a flashlight. Uh, coming, Jonas? No, I think I would like another cup of coffee. Karina? No, uh, I prefer to stay here. Monopoly or no. Just you and me then, Graham? Good to hear. Okay, ready? Hey, hand me that headlight. Hello, this is uh, Walter Heath at Outpost Freestead, reaching out to Seizure Group at Neolison. Please respond. Perhaps try it in Norwegian or Icelandic. Really? You know I can't... You just do it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. We speak English very well in Seizure Group and most Nordic countries. Do you think anyone is there? The town was very sparse before we left. Yes, there's always someone manning the radios at the mining towns for the mines, tourism, and just such an occurrence. This is uh, Walter Heath at Outpost Freestead, approximately 33 kilometers northeast of Neolison, south of the border to the National Park. Reaching out for Seizure Group to report repair status completed. Please respond. So we wait. It is a boring job. Perhaps someone stepped out for a moment. 
Get a coffee, maybe for a piss? There couldn't have been more than 40 people in that town anyway. Town is being generous. We think of it more as a research station. Is there more coffee, Jonas? I'll make another pot. The following letter was found on the notepad of Dr. Della Torre in her nightstand. Venir hasta acá por trabajo siempre es toda una aventura. Siempre hay algo nuevo. Coming up here for work is always an adventure. There's always something new, some new recreational sport to try, some new tourist recreational sport injury to address, some new man, and some new thing to discover. Graham and I went to the auxiliary bunker to examine a metal hatch he found beneath some supply crates. The hatch door was heavy, dense metal, the size of a small coffee table. Graham hoisted it up and I stuck a pipe in. After that, he pried it open until it fell against the wall with a crash. It was pitch black, as most places are up here in the winter. We shone a flashlight down, revealing stone stairs roughly hewn. There was a metal handrail, thankfully, as the stairs were unevenly steep and narrow. Graham descended first with his headlight. There is a tunnel at the bottom. We were hoping for a storage room. The tunnel looks different depending on where you are. We first entered into an area that looks like a narrow hallway, straight walls, even a handrail for a couple meters, but then it begins to look more like a mining tunnel. It is not unheard of for mining companies to make exploratory tunnels, scaffolding included in this instance. This tunnel continues for perhaps three kilometers before the scaffolding stopped and it began to look like a natural stone cave system. There was one dominant path through the caves, though many side paths existed. It was at this point Graham decided to turn around. He deemed us unprepared for such a long exploratory hike. He plans to return tomorrow, better prepared. I can understand his reasoning regardless of my excitement. The caves look as though they may only become more complicated as the tunnel goes on. Karina may have some insights into the use of such tunnels. It is cold down there, but there is no wind chill, so it is significantly better than the storm raging outside. I need a cup of coffee. Not that the stuff here counts as coffee. The following recording has been placed following Dr. Della Torre and Mr. Kasner's return from the first exploration of the hatch in the auxiliary bunker. Yes, that's how it works. So it is recording now? Yes. That wasn't difficult. <laughs> no, the, the knobs and lights make it look more complicated than it actually is. I found wine. Wonderful. Far preferable to that Nordic potato spirit. Wine does not agree with me. Tonight, wine agrees with everyone. These bottles are a few years old, and this is not the kind of wine that ages well. So, drink up. Waste not, want not. Glasses are behind you, Rosa. Gracias. So what did you find under the hatch? A tunnel. Was there any of the equipment Kastner hoped for? No, just a tunnel. A mining tunnel, maybe. It became a cave the further we went. The further you went? How long was it? Several kilometers at least. And we did not reach the end. Huh. Why do you think we were gone so long? You know exactly why I thought you were gone so long. Too cold. <laughs> Graham is a good-looking man, but nothing about those snowsuits is sexy. 
Do you plan on going back? Yes, tomorrow. Graham wants to go in more prepared, though. Run a line and all. I will join you. I would like to see some of the mining structures and natural caves of the area. Caves are a big thing to geologists, right? Is it... Uh, their hammer? <laughs> naja, I knew teaching you guys the slang would only be used against me. And you're a bit too old to use that one, Rosa. No older than you. And I haven't said that since gymnasium. There's no hot water left. It should heat back up in an hour or so. Do we have any coffee? There should be a little left, though it may not be hot. Rosa was telling us about the cave. I think it sounds thrilling. Any idea what it is? Oh, uh, thank you. This wine smells uh, robust. Mining shaft, uh, exploration, maybe soil samples. A lot of universities partner with the Sija Group, right? Yes, though I am unsure of the true reason behind the tunnel. All of these ideas do sound like valid guesses. Do you know the direction the tunnel took? Did you take a compass, Graham? East, mostly. Interesting. Why so? Just over a couple kilometers east of here is where the data is missing from the rover's transmission. The recording stopped there. No other recordings or documents could be found prior to the previous group recording. This completes the second collection of information regarding the repair team at Outpost Freestead. The White Vault. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.